If you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports concerts and all types of shows. When you found the sporting event, concert, or show you want to attend, just use GameTime's quick and easy two-step checkout system to purchase your tickets. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store, Click on My Tickets section of the app, create an account, then under the Billing section, redeem code THE ATHLETIC. Once again, that's THE ATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year, December 31st, 2019. So make your move quick and score last-minute tickets. Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, we sold out, but we still save you a seat. The Sellout with Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hello and welcome into The Sellouts. It is National Signing Day. The early signing period is here. I am Mitch Sherman. Max Olson is with me as always. Max, we are back at Memorial Stadium. It's bowl season, and we're here at Memorial Stadium. <laughs> Man, it's like someone. So I was asked on a radio show the other day, like, hey, "How are you enjoying the off season?" And it's like, "This is not the off season." Like we went right from conference title games to Heisman to uh, to signing day. Here we yeah. are. Yeah, this is not. This is. I mean, it's kind of the off season around here, but really, in your job, absolutely not. No. no. So Nebraska announced a class of twenty-one scholarship recipients and nineteen walk-ons today here on Wednesday at Memorial Stadium. That's forty new players. Forty. Newcomers coming, some earlier than others. Some will be here as soon as two, three weeks from now. There will be a few more to add to this class, notably Xavier Betts, the wide receiver from Bellevue West, top player in the state of Nebraska, who continues to work on his grades. The expectation is that he will sign on the traditional signing day in early February. So as we move forward, there was some news today that didn't necessarily involve the recruits. The signing day aspect yeah, of this press conference. I mean, we got to get into this class a, a lot today, obviously, but there were some there were some nuggets dropped. Notably, and I think this took about five seconds in the press conference today. Scott Frost said that Nebraska will meet with Maurice Washington tomorrow, Thursday, December nineteenth. This is something of a change in the way that the Maurice Washington situation has played out over the past two months. Everybody knows, I think everyone remembers, that Maurice was suspended or Nebraska parted ways with Maurice Washington in midseason after a lot of struggles on his part. There was never a great explanation given as to why they were separating, but clearly Maurice has had the court case, his court case in California, uh, to deal with for quite some time. And that continues to drag on. There hasn't been any movement with the case. He had a hearing again here in December. Nothing was determined. So it is status quo with the court situation for Maurice in California. He's still facing a felony count. Mm -hmm. In Nebraska, I think the issue that caused him to be separate from this team was more related to things that were happening within the structure, in the locker room, on the sideline. He was somewhat disengaged. Um, not necessarily 
giving Nebraska what it wanted from its top returning running back. So what do you make of this development? Yeah, it's interesting. They, I mean, I think you and I, our feelings as the season's progressed, was not very optimistic that Maurice Washington would be part of this program in 2020. So I'm certainly, you know, for this staff, I'm sure that's a curious thing that, that factors into, um, you know, sorting out the numbers for 85 and for, for a recruiting class here. And, you know, they took two running backs in this class um, that they – uh, certainly are very optimistic about it, especially as guys that can help them right away. Including one who wears number 28. Oh, there you go. Savion Morrison is number 28. All of the photos that he's posted, uh, that's his number. It's Adrian Peterson. He's patterned himself after Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I think they'll be able to sort that situation out if it, if it comes to that. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't think we would get to this point where Nebraska was sitting down to talk with Maurice Washington. And I, I, it's premature to say that you can expect him back on the team, but it's also worth noting that he has not been removed from the roster at any point. Yeah, I. It's hard to get a read on this one. I, I don't know. Certainly, Scott Frost, has, has, you know, has made it clear from from the beginning of this issue that, um, you know, he wants to give guys second chances and he wants to try and put them in position to be successful. But if you go too far, you go too far, and 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 you know, they really haven't touched this ever since. So. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to expect other than I, I don't know that this is worth the trouble to be to, to be quite frank. I don't know that Nebraska knows what to expect. I think you would expect that at some point over the next nine months, there's going to be some movement in his court case. And I, I think that does loom large in his with his future, not only at Nebraska, but as a college football player in general. So they've got a long time. You know, they're kind of back in that in, the, in that position uh, where they have some time. But also today, we heard about Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez has had surgery. Um, of some kind. Yes. To some, was, some area of his body. There was no, no information given about what kind of surgery other than that, than that it was minor. And Nebraska's starting quarterback for the past two seasons will be available for spring practice. Uh, I think we'll learn more about that as, as the Huskers get closer to spring practice. This has is, this is not come as, as a shock. Scott Frost hinted at this after the Iowa game, even before that, that Adrian has been dealing with injuries. So was it his shoulder? Was it his knee? Those were both issues during the season. Uh, I I expect that we'll probably learn more about that when it gets closer to spring practice, but probably not a huge issue for Nebraska moving forward. Maybe the Huskers will finally have a healthy Adrian Martinez come March. Yeah, it's funny that, you know, uh, Steve Sibble from the Lincoln Journal Star um, asked uh, Scott Frost the question that, uh, people around here have been asking and will ask for the next, uh, you know, seven, eight months here. And that's, you know, does Nebraska have an open quarterback competition? And I think he chose his words carefully in, in answering that, that, you know, look, some of, it's, co- talk about some it. of it's coach speak. Some of it is, uh, look, every position's up for grabs and you got to get better every day and yada, yada. Um, I, <laughs> I think we were all just sort of curious to hear how he would frame the discussion and, and, and the way he did was basically, yeah, we've got a bunch of good quarterbacks. I, I, I don't think he wants to, uh, I, I think he knows that if he says something yeah. surprising, people will grab onto it and become obsessed with it for months. No matter what he says, I think people are going to be obsessed with it for months. Yeah. And if he gives even a hint, if he says the word quarterback, the words quarterback competition, right. That creates a headline that he's not. If he real says we need about. Adrian to be better and it's open, people are going to grab onto that and, and go crazy. <laughs> That's a good point because I, I think I found I found myself a little bit put off by the way that he did not address that topic. 
But it is important to remember, and I think this is looking at it from his perspective, that no matter what he says, it's going to get blown out of proportion. For so sure. he was very sure. vague about Adrian's surgery. And and he acknowledged that, and, and this is the reality um, these days, and I wrote about the, this week on The Athletic, like Nebraska has a loaded quarterback room right now with Logan Smothers coming in. But as, as we've seen in recent, recent history here, um, they may lose some of those guys by the end of the spring. You just don't know how these these yeah. these yeah. Um, how to keep. It's tough to keep everyone content, and and it's loaded right now. But that just means it's a great competition that's going to lead to some guys feeling like they don't have a chance here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's unique. Nebraska's quarterback room is unique in that I think you have a patient guy for sure in Luke McCaffrey. You can see what his brother Dylan has done at Michigan and the way that's played out. I think it's probably a blueprint for the way that Luke's uh, patience will work. And you have Noah Vedrill, who isn't going anywhere, most likely. Right. So that makes the dynamic with Nebraska quarterbacks a bit, a bit different. But Logan Smothers is on the way in. And that leads us into the topic of talking about this recruiting class, this 2020 recruiting class. As I mentioned, Nebraska announced 21 newcomers. Got some junior college flavor to it. I think the guy that everyone is most excited, perhaps, to see in uniform in August, September, is one of these junior college players, Omar Manning, the six foot four receiver out of Kilgore Junior College, formerly at TCU. Max, you know a little bit about Omar yeah, Manning having yeah. covered the Big Twelve. What's Nebraska getting in this guy? I mean, I hate I hate to do this to everybody, but like they should be very very hyped up for Omar Manning. Um, I, I covered his recruitment a, a bit in the state of Texas when he was coming out of high school. Um, by the way, fun fact: his high school. Um, there in it, it's in a Dallas suburb. They pronounce it there Lancaster, not Lancaster, like the county here. Yeah, and not, so is it different from like the pencil? There's it's just kind of a Texas the, thing. I, I don't know why. There's I never really understood There's why. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Right. Um, I, that may be Lancaster, but it in Texas, be. it's Lancaster. He's from Lancaster High School in 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 the Dallas area. Uh, really, really talented receiver. Went uh, signed with TCU. Went in with Jalen Rager. I thought he was going to be. Uh, a monster at TCU had some academic issues in his first year, just the freshman year, just never, never really got going, didn't go right, and he went off to the junior college ranks for for two years uh, at Kilgore. Um, this is a, a, a monster addition for Nebraska for a bunch of reasons, not just because of the talent, and there's a ton of talent there, um, but certainly in watching this this Husker team in 2019, uh, the need uh, for a player like him, a playmaker at outside receiver, um, is is. Pretty pretty damn obvious, I think, to anyone that watched him. Omar is one of two Texans in this class, and the other is Will Nixon, whose yep. father coaches at Baylor. Jeff Nixon. Yeah. They're both receivers. A huge position of need for Nebraska. If you watch Nebraska play this season, you saw the lack of size at receiver. You saw the inability for the Huskers to get deep. You know, it hurt the quarterback play. It probably hurt the running game. It hurt the offense overall. I mean, it, and look, whether this – uh, receiving class they bring in totally reshapes that room or is it a little bit more of the same? At least they're not depending entirely on two guys to make their plays in, at the receiver position this year. Yeah, Manning's going to be there. Presumably Betts is going to be there. He's six foot two, has has good speed, and is a competitive physical guy as those of us who are in Nebraska saw this season as Bellevue West marched to an undefeated record in the Class A state championship. Betts, assuming he makes it, is the only Nebraska signee in this in this class. There are a number of walk-ons, including some who are promised scholarships early in their career. But, but right, right. as far as traditional scholarship signees, Xavier Betts will be the only guy if he if he signs in February. So I, to, to me, 
the the remaking of that wide receiver room is one of the biggest storylines coming out of this entire thing. And Omar Manning is is for sure the headliner there. Absolutely. I think I think the other thing that stands out to you when you go through this this list of um, signees, uh, and, and especially in what Nebraska's done uh, in the last week. It's finding immediate help from the junior college ranks, and then it's what they did in the state of Florida, and and you know that's that's a very challenging thing to do for this coaching staff to go down to Florida, especially during a season like this one where Nebraska hasn't blown up, and yeah. to convince these kids, hey, um, this is the right place for you. Come to Lincoln, Nebraska, and and come be a playmaker for this this program. Um, you know, I asked Scott Frost about it during the press conference. Uh, you got to find guys that um, that need to get out of there and that aren't going to get homesick right away, um, that, that really can embrace the opportunities that are out here. And certainly um, uh, Jaden Francois, the defensive back from, from Florida, got our attention on, on the, the morning, morning of signing day. Yeah. Did you watch that live stream? I did, yeah. I think there were. I'm surprised the server didn't crash. There were probably so many people watching that. It thing. went from 3,000 to 4,000 to 5,000 very quickly, yeah. So Jaden Francois had a very interesting morning. He's at South Dade High School in Miami with a number of players from the high school who, who are set to sign. They're all sitting at a table. And then Jaden Francois gets a phone call. He gets upset, seemingly goes out in the hallway, returns after, what, 30 minutes? 30, 40 minutes, yeah, right. Takes his nameplate off, leaves again. Leaves again, comes back again. Comes back and then signs with Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So what happened here? I don't know. I actually, I, we, you know, this was asked of Scott Frost. I, I thought it was interesting that he said, oh, yeah, I called him when he was in the hallway. Did, I yeah. texted a bunch with him when he was sitting at the table. Um, he compared some, sometimes their, their roles on days like this to get, to get the uh, NLI sent in. It, it, you're almost like a shepherd trying to kind of keep, uh, keep your flock together. Yeah, there was a mixed <laughs> metaphor there. I don't, know that you, I don't know that you do shepherd a flock of anything, or is, is it more like a herd? I mean, I don't have personal experience in that profession, <laughs> so I don't know much. Yeah, anyway, that was, that was... It was dramatic. That was the most dramatic thing that happened on signing day for Nebraska this year, without a doubt. So the person at issue here who was being discussed on this phone call is Travis Fisher. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that seems that's clear. known at this point. Yeah. So Travis Fisher is not going anywhere while per- perhaps Jaden Francois thought Travis Fisher w- was, was going. Somewhere. Yeah, it was, it was down to Miami and Nebraska and um, it, it sure seemed like something, um, you know, caused Jaden Francois to, to panic. And then you see a tweet after the fact from Travis Fisher saying, I'm going to be coaching him for, for, for four, four years, the next four years. So, uh, you know, I think it seemed like I don't want to make accusations, but it seemed like Miami was trying to get in his ear about Travis Fisher not being at Nebraska much longer. And look the, again, this is the difficulty of of trying to to take guys uh, from schools like Miami and Florida and Florida State um, and convince them that that they want to go play in the Big Ten. Is you're going to have a lot of a lot of negative recruiting, especially after a five and seven season, and you're going to have. Uh, these schools that should not be losing these guys, um, you know, are, are going to be pretty acting pretty urgently and trying to keep them. It's almost a little bit remarkable that more of that doesn't happen. That there isn't more drama on signing day or right before signing day when you have that much of your class. A third of Nebraska's class today comes from the state of Florida. So I need to make a trip to Florida. Yeah, you got to go here. see Jaden Francois. You got to go see Marcus Fleming, uh, Ronald Delancey the third. I mean, you, there's, there's, they, you know. Tame and Lineham, they got some some playmakers. Uh, Marvin Scott, uh, the, the the running back, 
that was one that, that Frost described that, that certainly stands out. He, he feels like he's physically ready to go play at the college level right away, and, and, and certainly in watching Nebraska this year, uh, they could use a few more backs that, that look that way. Yeah, I think that the thing that you're getting with Marvin Scott and Savian Morrison is different somewhat in what Nebraska got in its two running backs a year ago that it signed on signing day. Mm-hmm. Now, Ramir Johnson and Ronald Tompkins, I think, have, have futures in this program. We saw a little bit of, of Ramir Johnson yep. this year. Yep, just a sample. But uh, Tompkins was hurt, was coming off of a, a pair of knee injuries. What they're getting in these two guys right now, Morrison and Scott, are two healthy, ready-to-go running backs who can help Nebraska in 2020. They're going to be a, a part of Nebraska's plans. And then adding today a guy who's a little bit out of that out of that Wandale Robinson mode, the top high school player from the city of Chicago this season, Alante mm-hmm. Brown from, uh, from Simeon High School. He um, is another guy, I think, who could factor both at running back, receiver. So they restocked there quite a bit. You know, while the focus for Nebraska in these last days before the early signing period has really been to re- revitalize the defense, um, you look today at, at, at what, they, what they come out with, and offensively at wide receiver and running back, it's pretty impressive. It is, and, and, and Alante Brown is a, a unique story there. I, I believe he signed with Texas Tech last year out of high school. Was actually a, uh, I believe he was a high school quarterback actually, and, and a guy that it, you know just has always kind of had the athlete label on him. I think you can do a lot of things with him, and, and Nebraska to beat out Michigan State for him uh, was a big deal. And you know, I think as Mitch, as we watch this Nebraska season unfold, and and you, you as we try to sort of unpack the Adrian Martinez problem throughout the season. You know, I think we could we we would agree at times that um, certainly the support around him. Uh, was was shaky, and I think you look at this class and the pieces they add at receiver, um, especially for for Elante Brown and, and and William Nixon to be kind of guys that could play a bunch of different roles, like a Wandale Robinson to some degree, um, to get guys like Turner Corcoran up front um, that you need to win those battles for. Um, I, I I I think that whoever Nebraska's quarterback is in 2020, I think the support system is is upgraded in a big way. Uh, by what they were able to put together in this class. Yeah, Turner Corcoran and Alex Kahn, both from Kansas, the only two offensive linemen, uh, I believe, in this group. Uh, Yes, looking down the list now, at least among the scholarship guys, the only two offensive linemen. Had some questions today that I got uh, asked of me about, you know, why is Nebraska not focusing on the trenches? Only two offensive linemen out of 21 signees. It's important to remember, they signed six a year ago. Six offensive linemen, all of them redshirted, all of these guys fit a certain mold that you also see with Corcoran and Khan. I mean, you're not going to go out and sign six guys every year. I, I uh, think if they had gone out and signed five offensive linemen this year, it would have told us that they missed on some of the guys that took last year. I think they feel really good. I think that's a developing storyline through the offseason is the, the redshirt year that those guys got. Now, yeah. some of those guys came in needing to gain some weight. Several of them did. Um, we, we saw Bryce Benhart get a little bit of action. Uh, but sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's, that's something to watch going forward for Nebraska. And everybody's back on the offensive line. All of the starters from last year are back on the offensive line, plus this class of redshirt freshmen. So, you know, I would say that's 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 an area of this team that Nebraska should feel fairly good about, despite signing just two today uh, at at the the outset of the early signing period. Yeah, and and I think the the area uh, where you saw them really say, "All right, we got to go fix this," is linebacker, right? I think I think the takes that they made a linebacker. And to go, uh, you know, to, to go win a battle for Keyshawn Green out in Florida, former uh, is, Florida State commit, former Florida State commit is a big deal for Nebraska. But to go to go target, um, 
you know, junior college talent and, and to go find guys that you, you feel like can help right away, um, especially with what you lose in, in graduation. Uh, that was a big deal for Nebraska, and that kind of came together here um, pretty recently. Nico Cooper committed right at the end out of out of Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. He's a six foot five outside linebacker, and then Va, he goes by Va, Va, Va Maga Clements, the six two inside linebacker from from a California junior college. Those are two guys they did not recruit to come and sit out a year. They're they're. The intention with those two, as, as is the case with really anybody from junior college, is that you come in to, to help Nebraska immediately. So um, if if they're able to make it in in the right you know the right time frame to be a part of Nebraska's strength and conditioning program at least through the summer, then that's that's help for for the Huskers right away at the linebacker spot where, where they need it. That was a, a deficient area without a doubt in this uh, this last season. So who would you say uh, – let's, let's just discount Omar Manning from this conversation uh-huh. because he is probably – Because he's already – I mean, I, I think they're, they're going to hang his jersey in the building here pretty soon. Yeah, he's already a Nebraska we got the hype train uh, all-timer running. here. Yeah. yeah. Who among this group do you feel is most ready considering the situation on the depth chart, when these players are coming – and the skill set that they're bringing, who aside from Omar Manning helps Nebraska the most in in the next season? Yeah, it's a great question. I, honestly, though, I, I'm tempted to just state that position because I think that was such a frustration um, for everybody, for this coaching staff, for for for, for uh, you know those of us who followed this program, for the fan base, to see that they didn't have young receivers stepped up when they desperately needed them to yeah. throughout the season. And so, uh, I think um, it, you know beyond Omar Manning. Um, you know, I, I I have no doubt that to a player like Marcus Fleming, they're telling him, "Hey, come here. You're going to have a chance to play right away and play a lot of snaps if you prove you're ready." Because uh, while they return some some you know great players, and and, and certainly J D Spielman and, and Wandale Robinson are going to be on the field all the time, uh, I, I I would imagine they tell these recruits, "Look, come here. We need 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 help at wide receiver." J D Spielman is going to be on the team. According to Scott Frost today, so he did we say look that. Forward to having JD Spielman back next year. So there you go. That puts an end to all of the speculation about JD potentially looking at the NFL. Um, there's been other talk swirling about Spielman this, this uh, as this season wound down. Look, I, you know, I, I think some of that has been a bit blown up. I may live to to eat those words come come the summer. But uh, to hear Scott Frost say that, I, I don't, I don't, I take him at his word that Nebraska right now is expecting JD Spielman to be a part of this team. I, he yeah. said he, ex- didn't he say he expects JD Spielman to basically be the all-time leading receiver? He in Nebraska? did. He said he looks forward to, to, to seeing him break the record. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's part of the, playing the game through the media and that you're sending a message to I JD. I suppose, but, yeah, putting you know, him in a spot there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to know. It's hard. It's so hard to get a read on JD Spielman because. He doesn't do any public facing stuff. He never talks to the media. You know, you don't see him on TV. You know, everybody who talks about him during the broadcast, you know, really it's all coming secondhand. So I, I right now, sitting here on, on signing day, I expect that JD Spielman is going to be a part of this team and, and they need him in that receiving core. Even with all of these new guys that we talk about, the, the, the members of this class, the, the four recruits that Nebraska signed at receiver last year, led by Wandale Robinson, and then the three who redshirted. It's an unstable group, an unstable position if they don't have that anchor of Spielman with all of the experience that, that he possesses. Yeah, another another player they have coming in here. Uh, Mitch, you, you wrote him out. What did you think of Ty Hahn joining this class here in the last few days? 
the eight man star. We've talked about Ty Han on this on this uh, podcast before. I did visit Johnson, Nebraska, to see Ty Han's final high school game. You tried to ruin his high I, school game. Yeah, I, that's right. I destroyed the game by leaving my the lights of my vehicle on in the end zone <laughs> on a cold night. Yeah, um, he's got uh, an 18-month period where he's expected to be a walk-on and then will be given a scholarship after that. I think if he earns it, that's <laughs> – it's, you know, it's kind of like – That's a unique arrangement. It's, yeah. like, it's like no interest for 18 months. Huh? Yeah, it's kind of yeah, like any – yeah, right, yeah. No, come by, you, can, you can buy carpet the same way that, that, with the same offer that Ty Han was given in his in – his, uh, his pitch to pick Nebraska over a scholarship offer to Wyoming, you can go buy carpet or, or perhaps a, you know, a used Whatever car. you need at Nebraska Furniture Mart, for yeah. sure. Um, I, it's good for Ty Han. He's an eight-man player. Very rare for an eight-man guy to get a to get a scholarship to Nebraska right out of high school. Steve Crewald, 20 years ago, was the was the last guy to do right. it. Right, So almost 20 years ago. So I, I think it's a good opportunity for him. Um, I know from talking to Ty – in meeting his family and, and spending a little bit of time in his little town in Johnson, Nebraska, mm-hmm. Nebraska, that this is what he wanted. He wanted to be a part of this program. So, you know, he didn't let pride get in the way and say, you know, I'm not going to go there because I've got to pay my way for a, for a year and a half. I think that ultimately will serve him well. And, and, and Ty Han, if he's healthy, he's had some hamstring issues that hurt him during track season last year. If he's healthy, the the you know if if there was a stat that we could put out on all of these recruits and it was like the bust percentage like what's the percentage that this guy just isn't going to contribute right I would put Ty Han his number lower okay. than just about anybody on this list including all of the scholarship guys now I'm not wow. saying he's going to be an all conference guy calling your shot here yeah. I like it I, I, look I, he may ne- he may not be a be a star he may not be the next Matt Davison you know from Tecumseh Nebraska mm-hmm. the south southeast part of the state they're kindred spirits a little bit but he's not going to be a bust he's going to help you a ton if he's healthy on the practice field I think he will find a way to impact impact football games so that's my call on, on Ty Han. I, I saw Nebraska on Twitter said that they signed the number one walk-on class in the country. And, and I think I like the confidence there because I don't think that's actually provable <laughs> in any way. But you know what? To, to add Ty Han, to add Isaac Gifford, um, and then the, the transfer from Colorado State, whose name I'm probably going to botch here. Norden. Norden. Newely. Newely. I don't know if that's right. Um, who was a, a fascinating player a year ago uh, coming out of the state. Norris Go, High. Yeah. Norris High, uh, uh, the, you know, the import, goes to Colorado State, actually starts as a true freshman um, for, for most of their season and ends up coming to Nebraska after a year. Um, there, there's another offensive lineman for you there. Um, I thought that was a, that was a good addition over the weekend. And, and really overall, for, for, for where Nebraska was this season, um, I think the way they closed out these few weeks uh, after the Iowa game, uh, I think you have to give this coaching staff a, a lot of credit for generating momentum. Staying on the walk-on subject, I've got my eye on Chase Contreras, the kicker out of Iowa Western. Nebraska still has not signed a player from Iowa Western. That's but right. the, uh, the pipeline is starting to open. There's a kicker coming from Iowa Western, and he, and he was good. Uh, from Missouri Valley, Iowa, I believe he's a, a longtime Nebraska fan. Seen a little bit of uh, social media content from Chase Contreras, but uh, he's going to stabilize the the kicking situation. You know, perhaps? it's that's a brave move for Chase Contreras to come into you know basically a nine or ten man competition for place kicker <laughs> next year. 
they're they're going to hold nothing back. Yeah, that's right. Whoever wants to come out and kick in spring practice and in in fall camp, you're welcome to do it because they they will never find themselves in a position. They'll never let that happen again. Right. Right. uh, Yeah. All right. So we have we have failed to talk about maybe the most important developments of this last week. I went to Tennessee and Alabama over the last couple of days before we taped this thing here on Wednesday. Max, you know about this. Went to Nashville, got a car, drove down to North Alabama, hung out with Logan Smothers and his family a little bit on Monday night and Tuesday morning. I've got a story up that posted Tuesday night about Logan Smothers, Nebraska's quarterback signee and his unusual uh, level of commitment to this program. He's been committed for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska's been committed to him equally for that long. Uh, Mario Verduzco went to Muscle Shoals, Alabama last week, six days before signing day, and spent eight hours with Logan Smothers' family when the quarterback himself was in Mississippi practicing for the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star football game. Um, he's like a part of the family. Yeah. And... While I was there, there was a tornado warning. There was a tornado. That's right. That's right. How um, you're alive? So congrats. I made it. A tornado you're, warning in mid December. You are. I, Mitch is physically present here and not a ghost to to perform this podcast. So yeah. you survived it. How did you survive it? Well, I was in the bar at the at the Marriott. That's <laughs> basically what I. That's did. what I would do too. Yeah. yeah. During the tornado warning, I I hung out uh, in the bar, left my room on the fourth floor of the hotel, and uh, really did nothing. Um, was this like, could you hear sirens or not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, there were sirens uh, in Muscle Shoals. I was on the other side of the river in Florence, Alabama. Okay. Um, you know, in a big building. I didn't hear the sirens, but my phone went crazy, you know, with the... With the uh, oh, the alerts. Yeah. Right. The TV was going crazy, and people just kind of kept coming into the bar. So that was me going through a tornado warning while on assignment to cover a recruit. Logan and his family... Well, they were in different places, but we were communicating during this time because I had to go interview them that night. Sure. The 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 family, Shane and Amy, his parents, they were in a bathroom at uh, at at Logan's house, at the Smothers household, and Logan was was off at at a friend's taking mm-hmm. taking cover at a family friend's. So we we met up after the tornado, and then twenty four hours later, when my story came out. The tweet of all tweets <laughs> surfaced. Mario Verduzco. From Mario Verduzco. Tweets out, Mitch Sherman, writer for The Athletic, dot, dot, dot. Tornado tough. Yeah, and I had no contact with with, <laughs> with Mario. There were several references to him in the story on Logan, and I imagine that he had contact with Logan's mother's family at some point on Tuesday, learning that tornado I, tough. You got to put yeah. that on like your Twitter Twitter bio or something. Right? I know it, it needs to be a part of 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 my uh, my makeup at this point. So I survived the tornado to bring you a story on Logan Smothers. Hey, Go look, find listeners it of this podcast know your your uh, your nerdy passion for weather. So I'm sure you were ultimately just excited to to be in those elements. I did I went outside on the patio? Uh, outside the bar uh-huh. and took a little video. I was amazed. There were some people, Max. There's like a tent connected, like an outdoor patio okay. at the hotel with like a just a just a, a tent, like a vinyl cover over it. And there was a tornado warning in this town. The sirens are going off very nearby. 
Okay. Rusty Lord from WOWT in Omaha. We are having a, he's telling me to take cover on Twitter. <laughs> and there's people out in this tent sitting there around a fire pit, just enjoying a drink as lightning and thunder goes Completely on. Completely unmoved by a tornado. Yeah. I wanted to join them, but I, I went back inside and, uh, and rode the thing out. So on the way back to Nebraska from this harrowing experience, I'm driving up I-65 to go to Nashville where I flew back to Omaha on Tuesday night and I called you yep. and I said, I got to get some hot chicken. I'm going to Nashville. I've been to Nashville, but I've never had true Nashville hot chicken. So what should I do? So now just, I mean, I'll be honest. I sent you to the tourist place. I mean, I could have sent you to the more authentic uh, Nashville hot chicken places, but I sent you, if you're going to, if you're going to start there, you got to start with Hattie B's. I was a little wary of Hattie B's because I'd done a bit of research and I found an article that said, Hattie B's, don't do it for uh-huh. hot chicken. Uh-huh. But I think this was more, as you pointed out to me, from the local angle. Yep. Like you don't want to just get hooked on Hattie uh, B's look, if you there, live there. Look, and, and I, I dealt with it in Austin, Texas with uh, with Franklin Barbecue, which is as good as everyone says, but it's so popular that there's a massive line every day. And that just leads to a backlash of, well, why would I want to stand in line for if there's other places that are you know, allegedly just as good. And, and I think that Hattie B's gets a little bit of that backlash of, well, it's not it's not as good as people say, or it's not worth the wait, but was it worth the wait, Mitch? It's it's like the Drover in Omaha uh-huh. for, you know, College World Series time where everybody flocks to this steakhouse and it's like, yeah, it's an Omaha steakhouse. It's good. There are other places that are just as good. You don't all need to go there, but that's another thing. Are you shattering? Oh, man, I've never been to the Drover. I was really looking go, forward to go going there. Go there, go there, enjoy it. But, you know, please, please diversify okay. a bit if, if, you, if you're going to be a connoisseur of Omaha area steakhouses. Hattie B's was good. There's nowhere to park. There's a parking lot at Hattie B's and it was full at yeah. 11 a.m. Yeah. And then it's in a neighborhood. I parked four or five blocks away, walked up to the restaurant and there's a line almost out the door. So uh-huh. no big deal. I was like eight hours ahead of my flight. Still had to write the story on sure. some others. But, sure. you know, I was getting hot chicken. And um, it was good. You know, I, I, I debated whether I should get a hot chicken sandwich, mm-hmm. whether I should go with the chicken strips. I ended up just, just going with a, with a plate of, of fried chicken, the, the small white meat order. Like a, like a breast and a wing kind of, something yep, like that? Yep, Came with some, uh, some, some fries that I, I, I tried to stay away from because I really wanted to enjoy the chicken. Yep. And, uh, and some coleslaw that was very good. Uh, I got the medium, the medium heat. And it medium was, is plenty hot. It was it? hot. I think if I went again, I'd get hot. I'd get hot. There's mild. There's no heat. There's mild. There's medium. And then there were like two or two or three levels above that. I think uh-huh. I might go one level up the Good next time you. I'm in Nashville. Good for you. Yeah. All right. So I had hot chicken. I survived a tornado. I got you a story on Logan Smothers. I got a story on Sabian Morrison last week from my trip to Tulsa. Go read all of those on the athletic. And you're in the badge, Mitch Sherman. Tornado tough. I did. Tornado tough. I'm looking forward to uh, my next conversation with Mario Verduzco to uh, you know have him have him christen me tornado. Maybe he'll have like I, a, you know a, what a, I would like love to read on the athletic. I would if if we if we need to send you out to Florida, okay, to write about these recruits, go with Mario and just spend a week with Mario. I don't I, I, if he if his schedule allows, just go spend a week smoking cigars with Mario in spring Florida, about, and bouncing all period. over the bouncing all over the place. That sounds great. I wonder if I wonder if that would be allowed. Like I wonder if if, if that would be like allowed by Nebraska or I, I don't know. Let's not get hung, let's not get hung up on the red tape here. Let's just 
Let's just let's just dare to dream a little. We need to know? get Mario on the podcast. So That'd we be can, great. We can pitch this to him while we're recording. I'd like that. All right, that's uh, future off season fodder. It's gonna be a long off season, man. We're gonna have to figure <laughs> out some kind of content. Okay, that's all for this episode. Please go to Apple and Spotify, subscribe to the sellouts, like our show, download each episode, listen to us when you're traveling this holiday season. Right now, you can save 40% off your first year subscription by visiting theathletic.com forward slash the sellouts. And don't forget to give the gift of The Athletic to a friend, coworker, or family member by visiting theathletic.com forward slash gift. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Thanks, everyone.